0: Clock, tick tock, clock. How many times does it go tick tock? Ticking all of the night time, ticking all of the day. How many times does
1: it go tick tock? Tick tock, tick tock, clock.
0: 21st Century Entrepreneurship with Martin
1: Piskarik.
0: Hi Phil, how are you?
1: I am great. I'm happy to be here.
0: Thanks for um being on a 21st century entrepreneurship.
1: Tick clock, tick clock. How many times
0: does it go? Tick tock How would you describe yourself? So you are a professor. You are you are
1: I, everything. I'm a... <laughs> no, I'm I'm not a professor. I am um... I would describe myself as somebody that is has learned what living and working on purpose uh, means for for me.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and it's, uh, it's- can you define it, please?
1: Yeah, I. Um, it's actually a journey I've been on uh, for 52 years that actually started in January of. Um, 1968, uh, a month after my mother died, um, I decided I wanted to get on this path and um, it's been an evolving process. So for the last 20 years, I've worked with executives and organizations around the world, helping them to develop their authentic leadership and emotional intelligence. Oh,
0: great. So. Left brain, right brain, and the bridge between
1: uh yeah that's a good way to look at it.
0: Can you tell us more about left brain right brain what does it mean to you
1: well i think it's um it's actually i i would i talk about it in terms of uh intellectual intelligence versus experiential intelligence or emotional intelligence um, we're Our results are largely based on our level of consciousness, and we're actually only conscious about three to 5% of the time. The rest of the time we're relying on our our habits to create our behaviors and results. So if we want better results than we're currently getting, we need to develop better habits. And that's a process uh, that requires us moving outside of our comfort zone. And when we do that, it's a part of our brain uh, called the amygdala that's been operating pretty much the same way for the last 500 million years, and its primary function is to keep us alive, keep us safe. The way it's done that is it's, um, it tries to ensure that we never leave the comfort of our cave, and when we do that, if we do that, it secretes a hormone into our bloodstream called cortisol, and that causes our prefrontal cortex for the executive center of our brain to shut off. And we normally go into uh, uh, fight, flight, or freeze mode. And when we do that in conflict situations, people die. And when we do it in business or personal situations, relationships die. We burn trust. So this is becoming increasingly important. What I want to say about this is that if you think of your amygdala, as a very frightened four-year-old child. Our emotional intelligence acts like a big brother or a big sister to quiet the amygdala response down and better enable us to feel the anxiety that changing innovation creates in us and move through it towards our desired result as opposed to allowing our anxiety to control us. So that's why more and more organizations, more and more individuals and organizations uh, are moving in this direction because we have, a, we have a tsunami of change coming at us that some scientists have estimated we could go through. The, we could experience the equivalent of 20,000 years' worth of change or 200 centuries' worth of change in this century. So change has gone from being occasional or episodic to exponential, and we've got a 500-million-year-old brain that doesn't like change. So we have this tsunami of change coming at us that we can't get out of the way of, um, and the only thing we can really do to to position ourselves to be able to surf through it is the development of our emotional intelligence, so that intellectual intelligence is great, and that's what our educational employment systems are primarily focused on, but what's Really been lacking, and what's increasing in importance is the development of our emotional intelligence, and that's an experiential process. It's not a an intellectual process. And when you combine the two, um, you can experience dramatic increases in results. So that's what I've been helping executives and organizations do for the last 20 years. We go-
0: dive a little bit deeper uh, to experience perception loop.
1: Mark, you know? that's, a, that's, a great, that's a great question or a great comment. And what I tell, one of the first things I tell all of my new uh, Master of Business Leadership clients is I don't care what you think. I only care what you do because your doing will change your thinking thinking rarely changes doing but doing always changes the story we tell ourselves so we can actually act our way into thinking differently
0: ego versus consciousness
1: ego is what gets in the way of consciousness ego is the false sense of who we think we are and by doing the emotional labor of reconnecting with our authentic selves and developing our emotional intelligence we actually become the observer of our ego and that's how we raise our level of consciousness so ego is really who we think we are but it's not who we really are and the the, the point of raising our level of consciousness is to be able to distance ourselves from the fear-based habits that our egos have created.
0: Uh, Phil, uh, can you share with us an example of steps necessary or a model, uh, maybe concept, to start going into direction of consciousness? As yeah. a thought, as a contact with myself, Emotion,
1: an, okay. an emotio, emotio, emotion, emotion. No, no. no. Let, me, uh, let me back up even further and then I'll give you an example. Uh, there's an underlying energy physics to all of this that makes the NBL the habits and micro skills um, create better results. But let me explain. When we're born, we're not born with a conscious mind. Uh, Our consciousness doesn't kick in until we're about a year or so old, Uh, but we immediately start wiring up our brain. We immediately start creating the, the neural network pathways in our brain that become our habits in order to survive, in order to get food, in order to fit in. And a lot of those habits that we start creating before we're even conscious are what I call victim habits they're habits that cause us to give away our energy. And when we do that, and we do that in a myriad of ways and I can go through, uh, we we go through this in the NBL program. Um, when we do that, it creates an energy deficit in us. And when we are giving away our energy, at the same time, we are simultaneously needing to replace the energy you are unconsciously giving away by stealing energy from other people. And that dynamic is going on inside of everybody, everywhere, all the time. So in the NBL program, the Master of Business Leadership program, I show the participants how they're giving away their energy, and I give them better habits to practice to stop doing that. And when they stop giving away their energy, their need to steal the energy of other people goes away. So in this process, um, simultaneously you're reconnecting with your authentic self, you're developing your emotional intelligence, and you're raising your level of consciousness. It's, it involves learning to lower our walls by becoming less resistive, less judgmental, and less attached to outcome. And another word for that is enlightened. So as we learn to stop giving away our energy, that enables us to lower our walls, we become less resistive, judgmental and attached to outcome. So we become, we're raising our level of consciousness about what's going on inside of us and around us as we move towards enlightenment. As a matter of fact, see, when we raise our walls, Um, We become blind to reality. We become blind to what's going on inside of us, and we become blind to what's going on around us. But as we learn to lower our walls, not only do we reconnect with who we are, but we're actually able to see what's going on with other people better than they're able to see it themselves because their walls are still up there, still blind to the reality of the present moment. So in order, so this process in, and what happens during the course of this process actually inspi- creates inspirational leaders that are better able to be of service to others.
0: Okay, and uh, what's the reality?
1: The reality is whatever is happening in this moment, not what our ego would have us believe is happening, but actually what exists without the reality of the present moment, being able to observe the reality of the present moment without resistance, without judgment, and without attachment to outcome.
0: how do people interact
1: well um, if an individual is not willing to do the emotional labor of reconnecting with who they are their authentic self and developing their emotional intelligence then the only other alternative they really have to try and get better results is to try and control everybody else if they're not willing to change themselves which most people aren't. The the only other alternative is to try and use some type of position-based power to get other people to change. And that is, quite frankly, how we've been operating for a long time. And it just doesn't work. And we, that's, that's the trajectory we need to change. Let me talk about that a little bit more. Getting on this path to raising our level of consciousness and creating that distance from our ego always initially requires a leap of faith. And that leap of faith primarily usually comes about because the individual is in some level of pain. There's only two types of motivation. There's only two, ty- there's only two things that cause us to want to leave our comfort zone. Either pain, something we want to get away from, or passion, something we want to move towards. And very few people are connected with their passion. So those individuals that are actually willing to do the change that, that better results requires are usually driven, at least initially, by some, some type of pain they want to get away from. And that creates the motivation to, le- to take the leap of faith. Because the development of emotional intelligence is something you can only connect the dots in hindsight. So here's an analogy I use in my coaching um, with new clients to explain the journey. If you take a penny and you double it every day for 31 days, day one you've got a penny, day two you've got two pennies, day 31 you've got $10.7 million, day 32 you've got uh, $23 million. The point here is this is not about money, but it's about the journey. The point is that it doesn't take any more effort to go from day 30 to day 31 than it did to go from day 1 to day 2, but it's a process. So in the beginning, it looks like you're doing a lot of work for a little, and you are, because you don't know what you don't know. Later on, it looks like you're doing a little work for a lot, and you are, but it's, it's a continuation of the journey you've been on. There are some clients I've been working with for over 10 years, because the ROI never ends. The ROI keeps getting greater and greater and greater and greater as we distance ourselves from our egos and develop our emotional intelligence, which raises our level of consciousness. So what's most difficult, this journey is most difficult in the beginning because we're largely unconscious of what we don't know. So as we learn what we don't know, what our education or employment system didn't teach us, and we practice it, we learn to lower our walls. We learn to stop giving away our energy. We're moving towards enlightenment.
0: Who owns the pain?
1: The pain is generated by our ego. Our ego is a part of our physical body. That has outgrown its usefulness. It's still there. Um, It was important at one point in our evolution to be able to separate ourselves from others. But the purpose that it was, that it evolved, that created it, is now what's standing in our way of getting better results. It's creating the drama, chaos, and conflict that we see everywhere in the world so that our trajectory needs to change in a sense in the sense that we need to recognize our ego but also recognize that we are not our ego we are not the labels we give ourselves and others we need to become the observer of our ego and we do that by raising our level of consciousness
0: when are we starting developing our ego around two years, more or less? When we say no, when we say first time no?
1: That's a good question. Um, I, don't, I don't know exactly, but it, it definitely is early on. And um, we start to identify, we start to view power as external. We start to think that there's something out there we need to complete ourselves, and that's not true. Our answers have always been right under our nose, and the pursuit of who we are by looking externally, we're looking in the wrong direction. We need to be looking internally. We need to correct, we need to connect with our authenticity and emotional intelligence. So in a sense, our educational system and our employment system and our institutions I've had us moving in the wrong direction. And the day will last
0: tomorrow. I stand on my own two feet.
1: We're moving in the most ancient sorrow. And just beg to be free now. So put your back. Body-
0: Mostly people with low level of awareness use their manipulation and power for keeping the world going as it is going at the moment. With starting being more aware what happens with my power, my, true. my intellectual power, my emotional power, what, what kind of power do I have?
1: You have incredible power. As a matter of fact, your power, your light is much more powerful than you could possibly imagine. You have everything you need. We all have everything we need. Most of us are scared to death to allow our real power, our real authentic self come forward. We We try to fit in. We try not to make mistakes um, and we begin, we become prisoners of our comfort zone and our expectations and our desire to serve becomes less and less as time goes on.
0: What would be first steps to go to this comfort zone?
1: Whenever we leave our comfort zone, we enter a discomfort zone. And we need, that's the anxiety that our amygdala is, is producing within us, and it's doing that to try and ensure that we don't leave our comfort zone and that our comfort zone actually becomes our, our prison. So this is what I call emotional labor, the emotional labor required to leave our comfort zone and move through the discomfort or the anxiety that that change creates, that's what develops our authenticity, that's, that's what reconnects us with our authentic self as we develop our emotional intelligence and raise our level of consciousness. So you're right, there is, a, there, is a, there is a strong both biological and sociological resistance to our leaving our comfort zone. But that's the work we need to do if we want to get better results.
0: 21st Century Entrepreneurship with Martin Piskurik. about the context we are immersed into everyday context
1: in the context of our our working environments most of us find ourselves working in toxic environments that uh, are stealing our energy and we really need these tools we really need the ability to be in those environments with our walls down so that we're not giving our energy to what I call the energy vampires around us um, that by becoming less resistive, less judgmental, less attached to outcome. See, one of the, maybe one of the greatest abilities we have is that between stimulus and response, between whatever happens and how we choose to respond, there's a space and in that space is where we get to choose our response. And if we choose to respond to the other person with our walls down, that inspires them to lower their walls. See, victims travel in packs. They they need each other, but they don't like each other. They don't trust each other, and they can never lower their walls around each other, but they have a a codependent relationship where they're they're stealing each other's energy. But when you introduce an individual into that environment that has the habits and micro skills, has the consciousness to keep their walls down, that creates an inspirational example that inspires people to wanna move in their direction and away from the victims. Um, And that's how you actually change the culture within an organization. Cultural change must begin first with individual change. And there's a methodology for individual change. And there's also a methodology for organizational change. So where we are today is we're looking for those individuals that are willing to do the emotional labor necessary to raise their level of consciousness and we're looking to to help them so that in turn they can be part of the, the organizational the cultural change that's needed there's so much more to this world the lives Within organizations, emotions, you can, you can think of emotions as being a, uh, an energy virus within an organization. Um, negative emotions attract negative emotions. And positive emotions not only attract positive emotions, but they actually negate the negative emotions. See, every emotion has a unique frequency. And um, it's a form of energy, so that when we're in toxic environments, we're typically surrounded by negative emotions, the lower frequency emotions like fear and shame and guilt. And uh, as we do the emotional labor of developing our emotional intelligence, we move more towards the positive higher frequency emotions of acceptance and love and enlightenment so that the people we surround ourselves with can have an impact on our emotions if we don't have the the, uh, the emotional intelligence To stop giving away our energy. See, people that lack emotional intelligence are at the mercy of the people around them and the emotions that they're created. But when you develop the habits and the micro skills necessary to stop giving away your energy, it doesn't matter what environment you're in whether you're in an authentic environment or when you're in a, or whether you're in a toxic environment, you're not going to give away your energy. So that's why more and more organizations are hiring, promoting, and developing emotional intelligence. For instance, Apple. If you've ever been into an Apple store, if you ask people that, that, that work there about their hiring process, they'll tell you that a large part of the hiring process they went through was an evaluation of their emotional intelligence. It wasn't about how much they knew about the Apple products. Apple can teach their employees about the products, but really what they're looking for is our individuals with the emotional intelligence to create environments where their customers feel safe, where their customers feel more engaged and other, other organizations are doing the same thing. 21st Century Entrepreneurship with
0: Martin Pieskerig.
1: We're at a tipping point in our evolution as a species. We have a tsunami of change coming at us. And it has become critically important that we are able to raise our level of consciousness so that we can make better choices and inspire others to do the same. This is the single biggest challenge we have. As we become more conscious, as we learn to lower our walls and stop giving away our energy, not only are we reconnecting with who we are, but at the same time, we're reconnecting with each other. So it's not an either-or, whereas our egos would have us think that it's us versus them. It's not. It's us and them. It's all of us. It's me as an individual. It's you. It's all of us. And it doesn't work unless it works for all of us. So we need to understand that the challenges we face are increasingly global challenges that require global solutions. And our willingness to embrace those challenges and turn them into opportunities for change and growth are directly related to our level of authenticity, emotional intelligence, and higher consciousness. So that's the challenge we have before us. Without these abilities, we will continue to battle ourselves and each other. And with the tsunami of change we're facing, we, we, we cannot continue on that path. We must begin to change our trajectory as a species, and recognize our interdependence, that to make people aware that there is a set of proven habits and micro skills that the Master of Business Leadership coaching program represents, and I would be happy to discuss that with anybody that has an urgent desire for better results. And they can reach me via Skype at mblcoach. That's M-B-L-C-O-A-C-H. I'd be happy to continue the dialogue.
0: Thank you, Phil, so much for sharing your knowledge and life experience with us today.
1: Thank you, Martin. It's been an honor.
0: 21st Century Entrepreneurship with Martin Piskarik.